Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross-Rip Podcast for, yes, the 200th time. Yes, this is our 200th episode celebration. We're going to be taking a little stroll down memory lane, playing some of our favorite clips from our, our favorite episodes. Uh, we do also have some of the latest news from FanFest in 2020. Also, because it's our 200th episode, we had technical difficulties, so Chris sounds a little, a little funky. Stay tuned. Here we go. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! No, no. Let's just... Just go. Just go. Just go. <laughs> we've we've only done 199 of these things. Like maybe we can we can wing this one, right? Just, <laughs> whatever. I love I love that message from you. Now, to be fair, you had written part of the rundown in anticipation of things being crazy for us at the end of the week. But I like that you're just like, yeah, I haven't had a chance to go back and revisit, so I guess we'll just wing it. I was like, there's nothing like your 200th episode to just. <laughs> wing it i'm sitting there reading it i'm like what are you me stop it part of the problem because the hundredth episode that's that's kind of why and i understand now why i when some of the podcasts that i listen to decide that they don't want to mark these uh monumental episodes because it's like once we did the hundredth episode with dan and ivan it's like well i don't know what are we gonna do shoot ourselves out of a cannon for the 200th i like we kind of no, set the bar a little high easy we sit around and go remember that time for 100th where we interviewed dan and i <laughs> well that's that's kind of what we landed on was like here's this so we now have 200 episodes we've gotten to that point where the back catalog is so uh lengthy and even to the point where i think when you go to itunes like it's it doesn't show you like our first whatever 50 episodes or something i don't know why they're all there they're in the rss feed but you can't get to them through itunes directly so um so that's why we kind of thought hey let's let's do let's do like the golden girls did and find an excuse to do a clip show but not a clip show like us just talking about our favorite memories and things that we've loved about the last 200 episodes and and obviously this this here podcast has been good to us uh which we will be talking about at at great lengths here um it's presented us with a few um opportunities that uh like i say uh, continue to pinch myself about uh like that the commentary when we talked about that whatever that was two weeks ago now the the podcast was responsible for that um i I mean i'd like to think that we're two charismatic gentlemen and that's why we were invited to to do that but no no i think the podcast has been kind of that um that gateway that's gotten us into a lot of things and so uh we, we do it out of love obviously we do this podcast because uh you and i love talking to each other on on usually wednesday nights not this particular one for no. many reasons um <laughs> But it's, it's just kind of one of those things that we started up. We wanted to do it, and 200 episodes later, here we are. 
and it has presented us with a plethora of uh, good memories. So, plethora. Yeah, so I think that's... Gazebo. Gazebo. Let's do this. Uh, okay, so there yeah. are a few quick news items. Uh, we'll get into those. Then we're going to get into our, our 200th uh, episode celebration uh, where we have yeah. a lot of your voicemails. You guys were very kind and, and called yeah. in and, and sent us some well wishes, so we're going to play a bunch of those. Um, More organized than we are. Well done, you I know. Guys. Thank you to you guys for being better than we are. Uh, but uh, but before we do that, one of the things that we used to do quite often, Mr. Stewart, was uh, at the top yes. of the show, I would ask you what drink you are drinking. I, myself, um, uh, any, any type of depressant right now, any type of uh, sedative, will I'll be asleep <laughs> at this point. So uh, I am just currently drinking water. But uh, I used to always ask you what you were drinking, and you would come up with yeah. these wonderful uh, creative drinks. So what are you drinking tonight, and uh, how how is it special? What's well, what's special about yeah, it? Yeah, it's an occasion. I haven't in a while. I can't, I don't know, things got busy. Also, I don't drink them like when I'm feeling kind of sick, and that happens on and off over the years. And, uh, what else? You know, uh, you and I both have beers here and there. They're just not fun to talk about. Yeah, so, I, got, I mean, I got a beer. All right. So yeah. Um, but tonight, I, well, it's the 200. <laughs> And somebody was like, uh, when are you going to get around to that Amazon uh, Ghostbusters Steve uh, drink recipe book? And I was like, I'm working on it. Leave me alone. It won't be for the 200. But <laughs> I had a couple other things that I've been kicking around for a while. Actually, one thing that's been churning around in the back of my brain for a while. Uh, I'll get to it in, in, in a minute here. But uh, not to spoil anything, but they're both, they both qualify as digestifs. Uh, which is say incredibly boozy and rich. So I didn't really want one while we're <laughs> here. Have some heavy cream and booze. It'll be perfect for talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, but if people remember, I made way back when. Remember Bill Murray? We, like we inadvertently discovered that Bill Murray's favorite drink is the gold Cadillac. Oh yeah, I do remember that. That was he would order like the gold Cadillac, and at some point. Yeah, it, it came up. It was literally asked at one point like a favorite drink, and he was like gold Cadillac. So. You put the pieces together, it's pretty much, uh, for a guy that's, you know, bartends around and all that, he has this drink that maybe he doesn't party with, but it's definitely his his relaxation drink, the Gold Cadillac. And I tried it, and it involves Galliano, which is a, a vanilla. Anyways, after you'll, everything will become clear, I, I, I probably won't use the Galliano as much for its original and purpose that I bought it for, uh, which is the Golden Cadillac. Uh, but I said, oh, it's vanilla. And it's not as strong as it's sweeter than way sweeter because it is a liqueur uh, and way less uh, alcohol strength than like uh, vanilla uh, flavored vodkas and all that. So I, uh, I decided, can I make vanilla Coke out of this? And you can. <laughs> I a shot of Galliano and, and your favorite cola and it's like a vanilla Coke. It's fantastic. Um, and as far as I can tell, like I, there's a couple of bartender sites where you plug in an ingredient and it'll tell you what you can make out of it. So I've been using it to reverse engineer uh, slash invent drinks. So if I put it in and no drink comes up with those ingredients, right. I got a new drink. So yeah, nobody's been sticking Galliano in uh, with Coke. So it does seem a, kind of like a rarity, like a very specific liqueur. Yeah. Galliano is a very rare liqueur. Oh, very nice. Liqueur. I say liqueur. Liqueur. You say liqueur. Liqueur. Um, I, uh, I, so I tried it. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't have a name for it, though. Like, I'm kind of thinking it's great because you put the shot in first with the ice, 
and then you pour your drink in and the, the cola doesn't want a easy mix with the, uh, the, the Galliano. So it ends up with like a layer, like a, a gold moving to amber into the uh, dark cola. It's very nice. So I'm like, a little you know, black and tan kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah. Or, kind of, you know, some kind of like, what do we call it? Like a proton stream or a boson dart. We, we joked about a, a drink called the boson dart. I don't think we invented it. I think one. it was just going to, it was a shot. I think we had talked yeah, about yeah. like, hit him with another boson dart. Yeah. The <laughs> boson dart does sound like a shot, doesn't it? But a proton stream, uh, which is great because if you're sitting around drinking uh, proton streams with your pals and somebody needs to be cut off, you can just say, hey, shorten your stream. I don't want my face burned off. <laughs> and it, it makes total sense. So it really does. That's not what I invented for this thing. Did oh. you want to know what I invented for the thing? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't know there was. A, tell me more. Yeah. Okay. I did audio notes. You ready? Okay. So welcome to my little treat on the occasion of the 200th episode of The Cross Rip. If you'll recall back in the past, there was an episode where I made myself a golden Cadillac, uh, which turns out is the favorite drink of Mr. Bill Murray. One of them, maybe. But it seems to be a prevalent one. Uh, It's delicious, so I can understand why he likes it. I also think it's because it's a little unusual. It's not something bartenders tend to know uh, what it is. But uh, it's got a weird apocryphal past in that it's a a honeymooning couple demanded uh, like a, a bartender at a saloon invent them a drink because it was their honeymoon and they were celebrating and they were driving guess what a gold Cadillac that's a very great story it's, it's too perfect of a story uh, plus it, nobody demands anything of a bartender and get something good out of it I guess you used to the Waldorf salad was invented that way right make me something special and they did these days I don't think people do that as much but anyways golden Cadillac ladies and gentlemen if you're listening is uh, the easiest way to remember it is a one part, one part, one part of clear creme de cacao. Doesn't have to be clear, but it's ideal. Uh, Galliano, which is a vanilla, a yellowy vanilla liqueur and, uh, cream. Uh, most recipes call for a heavier cream. I'll tell you right now, before we get going that you can, I used half and half. That's my preference. I think, uh, homogenized 3%, 2% milk, any of those. Perfectly serviceable, although they'll be a little, a uh, little thinner uh, for it. I will even say, because the Galliano is a vanilla flavor, uh, you can either substitute in something like coconut milk. Coconut milk might actually give it a little extra flavor, but in my head, I was thinking more along the lines of like the soy or the milk alternate. Uh, the, the, the non-lactose milk, soy, almond, etc. Any of those that are unflavored probably sub in pretty good. And since it is vanilla, any of the ones that are flavored vanilla, perfect. Try it. I did not try it, but in my head, I'm, I'm pretty sure it'd be kind of okay. And frankly, since you're lactose intolerant and you can't drink milk anyways, it won't hurt to try. Go try that. Uh, and let me know how it goes. But <clears throat> basically, when I made it, it was a little snow globy. It precipitated a little bit, which I think was the, the you know, I was putting alcohol into uh, milk, heavy milk, uh, you know, fats and, and all that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I did not shake it, and they all call for shake. So it takes, um, uh, most of the recipes are one of the cream, one of the creme de cacao, one of the galliano. You put them into a shaker with ice, and you shake them all up, <clears throat> and then you put them into a chilled glass. You know, fancy bartender style, where you have, like, shaved ice or some ice cubes and water and it sits in the glass making it all cool and then you pour that out and put in your 
Golden Cadillac, whatever. It's, that's too much work. But the shake, I didn't shake, and I think that's what did it. I think the shake compensates for if it's starting to, like, I think it takes a little bit of time to basically curdle is what it's doing. It did not kill the drink at all. It was still delicious, but it was a little, you know, texturally weird. I think it takes time for alcohol to do that, you know, so uh, the shaking, I think, mixes it all up together real good before that curdling happens, and it smooths things out, and you have this wonderful drink. Uh, Golden Cadillac because of the yellow Galliano. Great. Um, so what I did this time was I tried two things. I recreated the Golden Cadillac. I did it uh, with a shaker. Turned out perfect. I have a uh, Crystal Head Vodka uh, shaker uh, that I used. Uh, appropriate enough. And then the other one I did was just I tried to lift from cooking, which is where I I put the cream, uh, you know, into a bowl and I measured out my Galliano shot and I slowly poured it in while whisking. I have a little tiny whisk and I whisked it around. And this I kind of lifted from uh, like tempering foods when you bake. Like if you're making holiday sauce, you just can't start throwing in the hot butter and all that into, you know, your egg because it'll cook the egg and then you're making weird scrambled eggs. Uh, it's also the same in custard. Like basically what you're trying to do is you're taking something hot, putting it into egg and the heat. If you do it too fast, we'll cook the egg and it'll all be all weird and lumpy. If you put it in slowly, it tempers and it's nice and smooth. So I did that uh, and that worked well too. So it's a little extra work and maybe you just don't have ice or a shaker or anything like that. You can't improvise. Great. Just, and you don't need a little whisk. My tiny little whisk is great. Uh, I, I love it. I use it for many things. It's great for making hot chocolates. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but, but anything, a fork, a spoon, uh, just anything that'll stir things around, like just keep things moving and, and, and mix them together nice so they don't curl up. That is the Golden Cadillac, Mr. Bill Murray's favorite. So, in honor of the tonight, I wanted to stay on that recipe a bit, but tweak it enough that we could christen it with a brand new name. So, what I did was, is with the Ecto-1 in mind, I took one part cream. <clears throat> I took, actually, I tell a lie, two parts. Uh, recipes online came in one part, one part, one part, or two part, one part, one part, two parts being the, the, the milk, uh, whatever the milk component you're using is, and a bunch of others were people that are being too fancy and all that because they were measuring in fractions of stuff, and I was like, ugh, 1.2 of this and 1 and 8 of it, no, no, 1, 1 and 1 or 1, 1 and 2, you mix it somewhere in between according to your taste, so obviously 1, 1 and 2 will be, uh, less strong alcoholically than the first one, so. Your pick. So when I made them, it was one, one, and two. Uh, what I did was two of the heavy cream, two of uh, the white creme de cacao, and uh, Galliano swapped out because the Ecto one is white. I did not want the yellow color. I went with a uh, vodka. If we knew any brand, any brand will do. But I think there's one. It's on the tip of my tongue. Crystal Head vodka. Um, you use that in place of the Galliano uh, in one part, measure in one part, uh, creme de cacao, and then mix it the same way I was doing it, either the shake method or the whisk method. And uh, I put in a little shot, like something just a little under a, a teaspoon. Experiment to your taste, I was okay with it, but it, depending on the vanilla too, it might be different strengths, so you have to tinker with it. But let's just say, let's just say uh, you're putting, people are putting like, you know, multiple teaspoons to tablespoons when they're baking 
cakes and puddings and stuff like that. So you're making a single glass thing for yourself. Keep it keep it simple. The <laughs> so a little bit of vanilla. Vanilla comes in all sorts. If you can use the real stuff, uh, great. Uh, preferably the clear stuff, uh, even better. Although sometimes that might be a trade-off between real vanilla extract and like slightly more processed uh, uh, kinds. But the point is, is there's no added color. It's you know keeps the the milk white uh, color, the original milk white color. Uh, but then once you do, you pour that into your your chilled glass. Uh, I don't know if you want need to bother with that either. But then take uh, something red, uh, a little bit of grenadine, a little bit of maraschino cherry juice. Uh, you can just get fancy with it, really, <laughs> at that point. Anything that won't really mix up the flavor too much. Grenadine's got a little bit of it. You're not putting lots in. You're not really mixing. What this is is like uh, like drawing onto a cappuccino. You just need a little bit that you can drizzle on top to add a little touch of red. Uh, just like the swoops, uh, the fins on the back of the Ecto-1. Uh, but like I said, that one I leave open to you wide open. Uh, grenadine, let's just say officially we'll go with grenadine or maraschino cherry juice. But in a pinch, uh, liquid food coloring... Uh, or uh, I don't know what else could you put on it I don't know great licorice I don't care <laughs> yeah, get your lemon zester out and some Twizzlers and go to it uh, but the point is is you end up with something very much like Mr. Bill Murray's favorite the Golden Cadillac but it is a drink I like to call a Miller Meteor so uh, and I'm going to make another one right now I got all the pieces together all I need to do is shake 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 Yeah, happy 200th, everybody. Uh, Troy, happy 200, buddy. Hey, guys. Peter, I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Well, Chris, uh, we do have a little bit of news here before we get into our, our 200th yeah. episode celebration and our memories of, of this here show. Um, I guess let's start with the FanFest stuff, because FanFest is right around the corner. We do know that uh, some the, the new general admission ticket has really opened up some doors to some people that are going to be coming out uh, and joining us, which is a lot of fun. I'm so glad that that ended up being the case. Um, so there's been just a couple of news items uh, of, of note, uh, which we'll quickly touch upon here. But uh, Jason Reitman has been announced as a guest of honor uh, in mm -hmm. their celebrity uh, lineup. I mean, that was kind of a, a, a gimme. I, I, especially with the movie right around the corner, I figured Jason Reitman would be there. Um, yeah. Although knowing that he'll be prepping the movie, if not already starting shooting the movie at that point. Uh, I know his schedule will be, will be pretty pretty busy. I doubt he'll be there for a good chunk of the time. He'll probably show up for a panel or something and then take yeah, off. Yeah, it feels but, like a fly in in the morning and fly out in the evening. Yeah, sort of not thing. necessarily a, like hang out all day, uh, photo ops, uh, autographs, that kind of thing. Uh, if if you he, wanted your Brownstone Boy number two autograph, you might have to keep waiting if if you catch hmm. my meaning. Um, is he married? Does he? Is he? Got away from kids? I, you know, I'm not sure. That is a very good question. I know he was married, but I don't yeah. know if he is still currently married. But Well, because I'm thinking, you know, this takes place on a Saturday. And admittedly, it's the Saturday before things get rolling. Uh, but, you know, good reason to be there on the Friday before for some work. 
give dad a hug kiss yeah, the wife goodbye yeah, exactly. and then fly back to calgary so yeah, you're, you're shooting in calgary probably family is not traveling with you so uh yeah absolutely so um so yeah so jason reitman will be there um which then does uh really open up the doors for there will probably be some sort of uh, ghostbusters 2020 content obviously why would there not be uh, so yeah, so Jason, Jason Reitman attending fan fest. Uh, so the other fan fest news, again, something that we can probably just touch on really quickly is, yeah. uh, if you go to the ticks, is it ticks.com T I X.com where we purchased our, our, uh, our hundred dollar deposit and where we also picked up our class, uh, tickets. Um, they've added a few more details, tiny, tiny details, uh, to that website, uh, just in terms of what you'll be getting and when, and then they also have added, uh, is it's a separate ticket, right, Chris? That you can be getting now for the screening that's happening on Friday evening. Yeah, I, uh, one quick word: it's Tixer. Tixer. I knew it didn't sound right yeah. when it was coming no. off of the tongue. So Tixer.com. That's right. Uh, yeah, and they added the slots, so they have like admission uh, plus, which is like the basic admission and the packages. They have the kids one in there, and they added one that was for the Friday night screening of Ghostbusters One and Ghostbusters Two. Um, no details on where it is yet in this thing, but, uh, they did, did put a price and they, they're like selling it as an evening with, uh, uh, you know, fellow fan attendees and all this. Um, you can get it independent. I I mean, if you just want to go to the movie and say hi to us and well, the correct, yeah, do it. But but correct me if I'm right. The price on this is 59, 59 99. I, so I'm guessing it's a little bit more than I'm trying to, again, I keep yeah. using comparisons to like the Hollywood forever screenings and things like that, where you do pay, it's like 20 bucks a ticket per person. Okay. So, but it's two movies. Uh, so this is maybe, two, yeah. Hollywood forever, $20, one movie, right? Yeah. So this is two movies, 40, and then add in another 20 for given what this is, I think it's safe to expect that like, Dan or Ivan or both of them or something, some sort of, of Q and A or an intro or some yeah. some sort of kickoff, and then maybe uh, some sort of special uh, like at the Back to the Future screening, they gave us all like uh, Doc Brown glasses, uh, and yeah. then because we got the VIP tickets at the Back to the Future screening, so we got like blankets and. Uh, stuff like that. So maybe maybe they'll have uh, a few items of note, uh, collectibles, yeah. uh, or we'll, we'll know b- popcorn soon, tin sure. or something. Who knows? But oh, popcorn tin. That would be cool. But yeah, so so for that price point, I mean, again, now seeing things split out individually, we're kind of getting an idea why those class tickets were so expensive to begin with, because it's maybe the screening is limited to. Uh, again, we yeah. don't know the venue of the screening, so maybe it's a smaller space that only X amount of people get into. So, um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so pick that up. Know. And and if you picked up the general admission ticket and you do want to attend that Friday night screening, uh, another 60 bucks will, uh, will get you there. Um, and, and for those of you that are not familiar with Los Angeles, that is about the price of three drinks. So if you're going to a bar, <laughs> if you plan on going to a bar and you're like, Oh, I don't know. $60 for a movie. Sounds like a lot. Uh, two, two drinks in your Uber, uh, <laughs> I was ride say, to the be bar, prepared. between bars. Be prepared. Uh, the, those beers that we were mentioning at the top of the show, the uh, aforementioned uh, Miller Lite, which is uh, probably like an 8 or a $10 beer usually at uh, hipster yeah. bars around here. So anyway, uh, so it's, it's, it's probably well worth it. Um, and then I think that's actually all of the fan fest news that there is to print. I'm sure we'll be getting yeah. quite a bit more in the next uh, couple weeks here. Yep. Um, and then uh, nothing on the 2020 front. 
Well, one minor thing on the 2020 front. Oh, what was it? I, I didn't catch and, it. It's been a busy week, but I haven't caught I want to bring it up just because uh, thanks to the it's, – it's one of those once I puts it up and everybody runs with it, and then it's kind of like, no, wait, slow down. Uh, Collider, a writer on Collider, found a trade magazine. Uh, oh, like the licensing Sony's, thing? The licensing magazine. Yeah, oh, which I did had see that. Okay. The yeah. properties, the property, quote unquote, posters, which was the Ghostbusters logo with the 30, slide 35. And then it had a, um, the, the, the shot, the, the back end of the Ecto from the trailer. Uh, and then a very bad uh, uh, gradient to, you know, a consistent dark black or whatever at the top there. And they wrote, uh, you know who to call. Uh, I think it said summer, summer 2020, summer 2020 yeah. it said, you know who to call. And that got put up. They've changed it. Uh, uh, and of course changed it without acknowledgement. Excellent. But they put it up saying that, uh, you know, um, movie, you know, we have a, a promo poster and a tagline for the movie. And I'm looking at it going, this is all, this is not, this is all web stuff by the looks of it. Like, yeah, yeah it, it does. It, it looks like a trade, like one of those, especially at the licensing shows when they don't have official art or a style guide or anything like that put together. That's, that's why I didn't even think about it for the news. Cause yeah. I was like, Oh, it's just kind of a thing. Well, the news yeah. is that it turned into news and now we kind of got to try to calm people down about it. Uh, the, the, the thing is, is it, it ran wild because people didn't hate it. <laughs> like I'm not mad. I love yeah, that no. tagline. It's, it, it's perfectly serviceable. Although again, the more Jason talks about it, movie i'm like is this a tagline movie like i don't know but um i don't i mean it, it, it rolls off the tongue a little bit better than answer the call uh a little bit. you know you know who to call is a little uh, it, it it harkens who back to the who to you're call? gonna call yeah exactly it feels more like um, answer answer the call wait I, i'm not answering the call they're answering the <laughs> i don't know whatever it it the thing that struck me first is that uh it was bad photoshop the the size was wrong like the aspect was not poster aspect it was this weird squat one which again my brain went this is more like a, a sidebar call up like a column ad in the magazine yeah. and um it used the cars like we've seen that before and how come we're finding out about it from a, a guy who found it in a magazine like these days that's not how you reveal posters and taglines yeah like it is a yeah. concerted online so uh, I actually did uh, reach out to a couple of places, and the official word is like, nope. Uh, the The idea was it was PR. It was it was it was a cute PR thing, which is it's a licensing magazine, and they're going here's Sony, here's our whatever the the little hex images. I think were like eight or so big properties: Jumanji, right, Bad Black, right. Ghostbusters, and they were like, uh, you know, the Ghostbusters 2020. And the idea was, is, you want a cool license? potential licensor do you want a cool license you know who to call that's kind of how yeah that makes it to your mcdonald's and your walmarts and all the places that you want to do promotional tie-ins and things like that or or your uh funcos or your mattels um yeah that that makes a whole lot of sense but again i don't hate the tagline so it was very clever good for them the alternate was probably who are you gonna call us (laughs) (laughs) And if they'd done that, we wouldn't be talking because the no. internet would be on fire. There would be dead fan bodies everywhere as people <laughs> ride in the street over the stupid tagline <laughs> and how it's because of answer of the call. 
Um, uh, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've wondered that cause that's such a great image from that teaser trailer, but of course that's not, I mean, they probably, maybe they took uh, some still photography during the teaser trailer, but like all they have is what they shot of that trailer. So in that yeah. image, you're saying it's kind of squat. Well, yeah, it's, it's widescreen. They don't have like a portrait oriented yeah. image of that, that they can use. But, um, not only that, it's pretty much looks like it's, it's a, a screen grab from the trailer and yeah. I give it a yeah. 35% chance. They just did a Google image search and took that screen grab off of, <laughs> of one of the many art, one of the many articles that people wrote about right. the trailer and took a screenshot of the back end of the Ecto. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, we're still a ways out for a poster. Uh, ways so out. yeah, stay stay tuned on that. But um, poster fall Halloween yeah, time. Or I think probably uh, we'll see maybe it. something at Fan Fest that's just like a, a logo reveal or like a. <laughs> You know, like the like right. the original teaser poster for the first film or something like that. But I've got five dollars that Jason Reitman walks out of the stage and reveals the tagline as Who are you gonna call? Us What's your bet? I will not take that bet, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Fine. Uh, for your own good, I will take that bet. Just gonna have another drink of my delicious drink. Do it. Uh, well, while you do that, let's transition. Let's get into it. Let's get into our 200th yeah. uh, celebration here. Yeah. Let's talk about 200 episodes, Chris. Two. How many hours of programming have we provided with people to the point that you could string all of these out and spend uh, two whole weeks listening to us? Which I don't know why you would ever do that in your right mind. But what I'm disappointed about is that it's a 200th episode. But we're one year shy of being able to do uh, Jeremy Piven and Gross Point Blank. It was, no, no, he does 10 years. 10, right? ten, ten years. years. 10, ten years. years. No, ten uh, years. God help us when we get to our 10 year celebration here. <laughs> uh, but, um, so, I mean, 200. Here, yeah, 200. And I thought, I thought, and, and what I said at the top of the show still rings true here. I thought what we would do is we would sort of spend some time just waxing nostalgic about all of the things that have happened uh, to us um, talking about, I, I th- I've, we've broken it down to do like our top four memories. Speaking of yeah. John Cusack and Jeremy Piven, our all time top four memories of this podcast, things that I thought would be good conversation pieces, things that we can throw to a few clips. Um, yeah. In between that, we will play your voicemails. We've got a bunch of uh, some, some really cool and very funny voicemails that we'll be playing in between here. Um, so, I, I mean, and, and the other thing, too, is we'll probably have a few shared moments that we have uh, that you and I, I mean, Maybe. obviously, like chatting with Dan Aykroyd while he's sitting on the hood of the Ectomobile. He's the only one who's allowed yeah. to do that uh, in our 100th episode. Like, that obviously is a, a standout memory for both of us um, because it was just, it was very surreal. It's like, is this happening right now? Is he sitting on the car? Is he allowed to do that? Um, but and, and being at the, the Answer the Call premiere... Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of these will, will probably come up naturally in the conversation. So uh, we'll we'll get to that when we get there. But I don't. So let's let's start here. We'll we'll do a little back and forth, Chris. If you have, and it doesn't have to be your number one memory, but what's one of your four favorite cross rip memories over the last five years slash two hundred um, episodes? I will start by saying I think I'd go with um, hanging out with the Monster Party guys. That was, that was a lot of fun. That really was. Yeah. And and what you didn't hear both on our podcast and on their uh, video feed, their YouTube feed, uh, was the other like three hours that we hung out there just talking to them yeah. and eating dinner and, and having yeah. drinks. And they're, they're fun. I love those, get, da- get those guys. To see their, uh, we got a tour of um, 
uh, our host's house, which was fantastic. He had turned his uh, office into like a uh, closet in the office. He turned into like a replica of a video store, like with the the, the DVD shelves, right? Like, <laughs> and the and the, the the beaded curtain too, if I if I remember curtain, correctly. Like yeah. you have to go through the beaded curtain to get there. Uh, fun fact: the uh, I posted a picture. Uh, this goes back to the the drink thing I just did. Um, the drink notes. Um, that shaker uh, is a, a crystal a crystal head vodka. And in going over, I knew they the the running thing was is that they were very lax, not lax, very re- relaxed when they do their episodes. Like they all make drinks and then they sit around and talk. And I was like, well, they're very nice to talk to us, uh, you know, and they're very nice to let us into their home and they did the thing you know they, they bought dinner and all this sort of thing i was like i gotta bring something and i was like well you know we're gonna do a ghostbusters chat i'll bring crystal head vodka and we will partake which we did but the funny part was is, uh it was either by one of the massive skull heads like there's that over like the only store was one nearby this is in la uh, and I, I was like oh yeah i gotta get some i guess i was like oh liquor store and i ran in and the only thing they had was Either the the like the large size crystal head skull bottle, uh, the largest size, or they had a gift set which amounted to <laughs> the normal sized head and a crystal head uh, vodka shaker. And I was like, they don't need to know about the shaker. <laughs> so, and it was it was it was the more affordable. And then I was like, we're definitely not going to drink the large large size bottle. No, vodka, no, so. no, no. Even though there uh, were a lot of us and we did spend a lot of time, but yeah. <laughs> Is that a Toei Sanders cap? I don't understand. Is some influence of the Michelin Man? Because that's the first some of the sketches actually do are very reminiscent, and I don't know if anybody's officially got on record, but I think it'd be impossible to argue. Oh, sure. There is a five of them. Kind of the obvious connection. But but one thing, I'm not sure that you're uh, that you ever necessarily made this connection on your show. But for me. I was anticipating Ghostbusters primarily because of a movie that I loved that came out three years earlier, which was Stripes. And that was Bill Murray, yeah. Harold oh, okay. Ramis, yeah. and Ivan Reitman, yeah. which, which had this chemistry that, that I thought worked beautifully. And, um, you know, Ghostbusters didn't disappoint. But for me, a lot of it, so much had to do with that talent in front of the camera being irreverent. Uh, for that subject matter, which again we'd never seen before, right. but also replicating the chemistry that came from Stripes, which I which I yeah. loved, especially Ramus. I was a big fan of Ramus from SCTV. Now you guys would know this um, was was making Ghostbusters a hard sell. Like was that you it know? was initially? They the they're on record as saying they basically shopped it to every studio, and they got it to the last one. And Columbia said, like, "How much do you we... need?" And they literally. Thirty million, and they said if you can get it done for next summer, it's yeah, a go. They had a like literally that was wow. it. They had a hole, and that's, that's what won them over. Now I'm, I'm wow. sorry if I could just get back to Step Up Marshmallow Man really quickly. Sure. You know they did. There are some great toys out there, uh-huh. and because you know, I'm I'm a toy collector, you know, like some of my friends here, and uh, some. and yeah, not and, all, but some. And do you remember when the movie came out? It was kind of like they were kind of slow to jump on that toy bandwagon, you know. Oh, yeah. But I I did get. A Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, you know, that was sealed on a little little package. You remember that? Yeah, the you remember the Kenner one? Yeah, the Kenner. Well, he's not little. He's, yeah. he's like little, yeah. maybe this yeah. seven inches. Did you get, yeah. yeah, did you guys have that? Been, that yeah, I remember that. Played yeah. in '86. That yeah, was for the, the real yeah. Ghostbusters one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you guys have that one? I mentioned this before we started recording. Ghostbusters as a movie really miss 
of the boat on yes. March. They really yeah. didn't do a lot of yeah. work. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know what's funny? Until later you, got, you would think, yeah. you would think after, yes, okay, so it's not Star Wars, but it's, it's like you had examples of films, yeah. uh, even E.T., even E.T., you know, that came out before Ghostbusters. Yeah. It was like, this almost seemed like so perfect to, to do figures and stuff. It, I think it, they it, stumbled into that. The, I, mean, yeah. I think for the reasons that you guys don't like Slimer, that he was out of place and that uh, the kids inadvertently liked him, yeah. they weren't expecting the reaction from kids that are going to be buying action figures and all the Kenner toys and stuff right. like that. So they had right, to scramble right. at the yeah. end and go, wait, now we're talking cartoon and we're yeah. talking merchandise. All the stuff they had was aimed more at an adult, like T-shirts, yeah. bumper yeah. stickers. Right, right. Um, Condoms. CDs. <laughs> no, 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 chainsaws. See, Sean always likes Slime, to bring that up. Don't cross no, the oh, screens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, no, they didn't have condoms. But, 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 Does this poll still work? But, but, <laughs> so what's yours? So it's it's funny because my my the first memory that I can think of is also just like sitting, having a drink, talking to somebody. Um, and it's, I, I loved doing the first, this Ghostbusting Life episode with Sean Bishop. Um, speaking, speaking of our, our fellow commentary participants uh, for the 35th anniversary Blu-ray, Sean has been one of those dudes that I've known since 1994 or five, or when it, whenever I first dialed up uh, AOL and, uh, started seeking out other Ghostbusters fans and kind of got, got into that world. Sean was one of those people as Venkman 71, who was like, ah, you seem like a good kid. How old are you? You're four. (laughs) What the hell? Uh, but, but he was, he was just always so nice. And then when I moved out to LA, um, was just one of those guys where I, I decided I wanted to build a pack and he said, I've got a shop, come on up and hang out with me and we'll help you build it. And, and so I started going to his build days and, and Sean's just, he's a, he's a fun guy. He tells wonderful, great stories. And so I told him I wanted to do a podcast with him where he would just tell me stories like that fireside chat with Sean Bishop. We're sitting at a campfire. We're having some whiskey what would you tell me about your fandom and uh, him being a hell of a storyteller that what came out of that podcast is still to my, to this day, one of my favorite uh, episodes because he's just, it's it. He's all of us. You, you hear him talking about being a kid and building his own props. And then he eventually gets his own ectomobile uh, and, and the, the fun that he had uh, taking that out and, he tells the story about the Ectomobile getting egged and uh, all of he and his friends in their jumpsuits uh, hopping out of the Ecto and chasing these punk kids down that were uh, egging his Ectomobile. But just uh, I loved just sitting in the garage with him and talking about all these nerdy things from our childhoods. And, uh, mm. and, and I tried to do it again. We did it with Rob and Shelby, which was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to do a few more of those just where it's these people that have wonderful stories uh, telling stories. That for no reference, you didn't have internet material. No, no I'll tell you what I had. Photos. I had the Ghostbusters storybook, and I had the Ghostbusters two movie storybook. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and I had a very worn out VHS copy of Ghostbusters with with interference lines in it from all the times we paused. Pausing Trap when you pause. see a detail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what <laughs> is that? It's a whiteout bottle. No, it's a clippered valve. You just don't know what that is yet. Whiteout bottle and an auto flasher. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a custom made knob. That you know, it just just build it. It's fine. It's, yeah, you're gonna do this a hundred. Whatever time. you can find at you're home. You're gonna be, do this a hundred more times anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you know, so that 
and we went out, and that that year, amazingly, the first year we had an Ecto one as well. My buddy, you know, Paul had a, a a silver station wagon. He put some caution tape on it, a fake Ghostbusters logo, and we found like a, a an orange work light that we <laughs> that we you know that plugged into the cigarette lighter, you know, magnetically, you know, adhered to the top, and it was it was amazing. It was a quiet Halloween. I remember the only thing we did was we went by like ghost. We went by um, uh, like drama club rehearsal. People were like rehearsing some dance. We went and everyone, everyone loved you know the outfit. But the funniest thing was we were driving home from um, just you know whatever we had been doing that night. You know, everyone gets the uh, the, the post Halloween lethargy. You know what yeah. I mean? Where you're driving home, and you're like, oh, oh man, that was a, my yeah. feet hurt. I'm hot. I've been in this jumpsuit all night. Yeah, like it's yeah. the first time you experience it. You're like, oh man, this sucks. If I really did this for a living, this would suck. Um, so we're driving home and kind of just quiet. And literally, we all jump inside the car. Goes here, and some little shit egged us. It was the brother of a girl that we that was in our class, you know. And so Paul knew who the kid was. And oh my god, if if if. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I always laugh thinking about this as if the point of view of somebody who happened to be looking out the window at like 11 o'clock at night on the Halloween hears is Paul jams on the brakes jumps out of the car Tim and I jump out after him and they must have seen three Ghostbusters chasing these kids <laughs> down kid, the street yeah. it must have looked so absurd like something out of the cartoon it was absurd <laughs> like real Ghostbusters yeah. Paul is a pretty big guy. I've never seen a dude run faster in my life. And he caught this kid. And he grabbed him and he did a Heisman throw with this kid. He lifted him up off his feet and <laughs> threw him through a bush. Oh my god. And he went through the <laughs> through the bush and Paul goes, Stay down or you're gonna get more. <laughs> and all the kid gets in was, What's your problem, man? <laughs> like he just egged the Ecto one. That's a probably a little shit. <laughs> It's it's very weird that I mean I've been online online the Ghostbusters community as long as you both have been I didn't really interact with them much like it's kind of weird how like certain connections are just kind of made organically online yeah like, well you were never must... really like a big prop person no like at, we crossed at the start paths, I'm yeah. sure at some point right like and I was familiar with the name for the longest time like I was aware of Sean and you know, knew that he was a props guy and knew he had Necto and all that. And just, but honestly, it wasn't until we did the commentary that I really got, you know, to meet him and chat with him. And it was, it was very weird when you think about it. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, meeting somebody who you've known by a, a, a pseudonym. A screen, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> this is Venkman 71. Uh, I've known you for 20 some years hey sean how you doing like what there's all of a sudden a face and a and a body to that person which is a very it's 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 a weird thing and then once you start talking it's like oh yeah i understand uh completely why we have talked this way uh for years and years but um so yeah so sean he's he's a great dude i, I love that guy um let's let's do this let's go to um jacob uh with the circle city ghostbusters because he's got a favorite moment uh that i think is gonna it's gonna spark some stuff for us so here's jacob Hey, Troy. Hey, Chris. This is Jacob from the Circle City Ghostbusters calling to say congratulations on 200 episodes of the podcast um, and uh, share a couple of my favorite, you know, memories and everything from it. Uh, it's 
of course, I I love all of the holiday mixtapes. Those are always fantastic. And um, the book club was a was one of my favorite things that you guys did for Violent Ramus of Steel's book. And honestly, just the podcast is just wonderful. Every Monday, I come into work and I listen to it while I'm working, and it brings up the day of the week that everyone usually complains about. And um, it's just nice to hear you guys talk about Ghostbusters every week. You have such a great rapport, and you're always so positive and, and passionate about something that I love to be positive and passionate about as well. So just keep up the great work, and uh, here's to 200 more episodes. Congrats, guys. Yeah, so Chris, I'll I'll kick us off here because I share Jacob's memory here because the uh, – the Violet Ramus Steel. It, it it was one of those um, things where I, we didn't plan it this way, but it ended. Up, it worked so well when we did the book club with our Ontario Ghostbusters friends. When Ghostbusters Daughter came out, we split it into two episodes, um, and then what came from that was we learned that Violet had listened to those two episodes, um, and 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 whatever hesitation she had talking to a Ghostbusters podcast, uh, I think uh, she felt a little more comfortable in, in talking to us. So we were able to get her on the show <laughs> afterwards and, uh, and, and talk through, through the book with her. So it was almost like a string of, I don't know, what was that Chris, like three or four weeks, maybe if not a little bit more where we, it was like Ghostbusters yeah. daughter was a pretty big focus, but it was also just, it was it was a time where we were learning stuff about uh, Harold Ramis. It was for me personally. It was a time that I had uh, just had my daughter, so here I'm uh, taking this parenting advice to heart. And uh, Violet, yeah. uh, she's probably not listening to this, but uh, to this day uh, continues to send me some pointers, which I very much appreciate. Um, I uh, I like that one. Just I don't. I mean, I'll let I'm, I'll let you finish. Uh, but we got the opportunity to talk to her while I. I was traveling, but, but you know, this being the modern era, uh, it was easy enough that I had, I actually had my, um, uh, my zoom with me that I could record into. Right, so we had a right. clean copy of me and we just needed to talk with her on Skype, which again, I could do just about anywhere. And I was basically, the weird part is, is that I remember quite a lot of that conversation because it's associated like to a, a smell sense memory. Because yeah. I'm sitting in the backyard in the evening, the cooling evening, uh, on Prince Edward Island next to the the river. So it's a smell of, you know, green and ocean water. And it's that temperature where it was a hot day and a kind of a muggy, rainy day. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's got that perfect temperature, perfect yeah, evening smell. Yeah, and you associate so, it with the environment <laughs> in which you were, uh, you know, where people ask you, what yeah. theater did you see Star Wars in for the first time? And you can immediately tell them what theater and what you had as a snack and what how sticky had, the floor and was. And you immediately have, a, you know, the smell of popcorn and all that sort of thing. Like, it was, it was the same thing uh, chatting with her is yeah. I was sitting in a very comfortable chair, not having to worry about, you know, work, which was thousands of miles away. And yeah, you know, just relaxing with a drink and chatting and, you know, hanging out, uh, um, you know, in my childhood home that I hadn't been to, you know, hadn't been back to visit in over a decade sort of thing. So I have a, I, I have a favorite memory of that episode for a slightly different reason. The mythology about our own childhood um, that's told to us sure. from our parents and, and the people around us. And we think we remember those things, but maybe we really don't. Um so, you know, I had all of those stories to sort of start with. And then I had photographs, you know, that would sort of validate or contradict my memories. 
Um, and, you know, he didn't keep a journal, but he, he lived his life in, in, in public in a certain way. And so I did have um, all of these interviews and archives and um, talks that he'd given. Um, and that was really helpful, actually, in sort of being able to bring his voice into the story and have him explain his own perspective because um, he was, you know, so wise and and eloquent and really able to sort of um, relate to all these different experiences. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, that was really helpful. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned that he lived life in the public, but I also get the impression that he was very private. I mean, he moved back to Chicago uh, after having a, a very prolific career and continued to have a prolific career in Chicago. But why... Why do you think that was? Why did he also kind of guard himself, especially in nowadays where everybody is see and be seen, be on Instagram, be on Snapchat. Here's everything that I'm doing at every given minute. Uh, why why yeah. do you think he valued privacy so much? You know, I, it's funny. I don't, I, I've heard that from a few different people and I, I never really saw it that way. I mean, he used to say that he was sort of just the right amount of famous um, <laughs> because you know, he could usually get a good table at a restaurant, but, you know, he wasn't sort of accosted everywhere he went. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say that he um, was taken for granted or underappreciated because I feel like now people, you know, are appreciating him and recognizing him and his influence on comedy. But I do feel like, you know, for a lot of his life, you know, he was the writer, he was the director, those things happen behind the scenes and people who, you know, love movies and love comedy know about it, but the people who pay attention to the stars don't necessarily. Yeah. So, you know, when you're working with Bill Murray or John Belushi or these, you know, very big personalities, you know, really like leading men, star material, he was definitely more comfortable sort of off to the side, feeding them the lines and, you know, controlling what happened from from backstage i think yeah it's almost uh he's he's got a wonderful quote and i hope i'm not messing it up but uh at one point he said people ask me if i'm the class clown and i say no i used to write for the class clown so yeah. I, you know that <laughs> exactly. I, I feel like that's well, and, and and talk talking to her about her childhood how how poetic that you're in your childhood home uh you know having this conversation with her but uh <laughs> well, uh yeah if well, I had to pick this- yeah tell me tell me your second memory um, actually, it's a generalized one. I, I really kind of like December all around and not just my episodes, but your episodes, because December we get one, maybe two in the pipe. That's normal news. But the late half of December is us just being goofs. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I make, true. I make the, I make the, the home shopping one. Which is getting weirder and weirder because it's like, what do I need to tell you people to shop for? Like, it's, it's all online, but it's fun. Uh, the mixtapes we make. The, yeah, and, you know, and those I think are going to come up in a, in a little bit here, too, because we a lot of people have mentioned the mixtapes. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then, you know, we do, uh, you know, commentary is our running tradition and all this. So, I mean, I don't have much to go into on those ones. That, that I, I kind of focused in on December, but I think, yeah, the mixtapes in, in the. Because that's a time where you and I, we take a break from the week-to-week, let's discuss our love of Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. And we make these these little, like, so you're, uh, you know, um, my our Ghostbusting life and stuff like that, like, uh, or your uh, Tobin's 
uh, the Tobin's audio guides. Yeah. The Tobby's audio guides and all that. And the mixtapes you and I have put together and all that. They're more like, how about I express, like I just do a creative expression of my love for Ghostbusters <laughs> as opposed to, you know, trying to, to, to put together a conversational coherent thought about our love for Ghostbusters. Sure. Sure. And, and I get it because <clears throat> we, we have a conversation usually, usually in October, but sometimes like late November where we really are scrambling and trying to figure things out. But, and that's when we start getting creative where it's like, okay, so we have six weeks of programming that we still want to continue to to pump out there. But at the same time, you know, we'll be with our friends and our family and it'll be the holidays and new years. And, um, so we, we have to get a little creative and that, that's always, that's always my favorite part because it's a little bit of a puzzle, when you and I sit down and try to plan that out. Um, but then we end up coming up with these wacky ideas. Like, I don't know, let's watch Scrooge and talk about Scrooge. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That. that sounds like a good uh, one day episode, but, um, this year's Leviathan, obviously. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think we're yeah. going to have to start some sort of sub podcast of all of our Ernie Hudson, uh, deep cuts. Um, actually the more I think about the, this, this premise that I brought up, I think actually if I had to dial it in the ho- the Halloween mixtape is my fave yeah i mean I, I, that's I, the one not, i look forward to and again somebody I, I, somebody's going to mention that in a little bit here but your, your halloween mixtapes yeah. are always fun i don't mean to step on their toes but that's the time where like i said i think i have just a lot of creative fun of i think like putting something together that i'm like i would love to listen to this all the time because i'm a ghostbusters fan i hope other ghostbusters fans will like it like I, I spend the year thinking about it like i'm already making notes of songs about ghosts because i think this year the theme is every song is about ghosts <laughs> specifically about ghosts so um Uh, yeah i mean and and the thing about the those mixtapes and all of these um episodes that we put out in december it's kind of like uh adam hit us up after last week we were trying to figure out uh when you're associated with ghostbusters and and you go to an interview and everybody starts asking you about ghostbusters that genetically ghostbusters like you have this dna that's within you uh after you're associated with it but we end up having to kind of track that lineage with other things too. Like obviously if we love Ghostbusters, we love certain music and we love certain movies and that's what kind of populates itself into your Halloween mixtape and those December episodes. And yeah, it ends up being a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we're definitely making more of those. So yeah. Oh yeah. Get ready. Those, those are coming. Hi guys, this is Chris Morrell from the UK. And I just wanted to call to wish you a, a happy 200th episode. Uh, I just wanted to say um, uh, thank you for all the hard work that you've been doing and of keeping me up to date with all the little juicy little tidbits of merch and news and all the gossip that comes out of Ghostbusters, which uh, saves me having to dive deep into the internet to go looking for. I mean, I'm fairly late to the party. I joined you guys after Answer the Call came out, but I have been really enjoying every episode ever since, and uh, it's been great listening in. Um, my favorite episodes so far have been um, whenever you guys do like a kind of mega mix that's there's always really great fun and um, uh, one time you guys mixed in a, a five alive I think it is juice drink uh, commercial and it, so it took me right back to back to 1989 and it kind of something I completely forgot about and just hearing that commercial again reminded me of those little juice drinks and had like the Ghostbusters 2 holograms which I avidly collected so it was great to hear that and I also really enjoy the um, in-depth look of the firehouse and stay puff so i'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys do with those episodes because they've been great fun as well as a nice little little bonus to the uh, weekly content so uh, thanks again and a happy 200 episode i can't wait to see you at fan fest and um here's another 200 episodes thanks guys 
Hey, Chris and Troy. This is Corey from Los Angeles, originally from Maryland. I just want to say congratulations on your 200th episode. I've been listening to you guys for a few years, and you're a great part of my week. And I just want to say uh, congratulations. Keep up the great work. You guys are doing some awesome stuff, and love it, man. Love you guys. So we'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, this is Colin, our Exo Flapjack on Twitter from Silicon Valley, wanting to congratulate you guys on 200 amazing episodes. You guys have made uh, incredible progress on creating new content, always making it fresh and fun, and uh, I really appreciate it. I commute to Sacramento, to San Jose, to San Francisco, LA, all all over. And uh, it's always good to hear you guys uh, create original content, lengthy episodes, and uh, always giving me little tidbits that I didn't know about. So congratulations to you both, and I look forward to 200 more. No pressure. No pressure. Hey, Chris and Troy. This is Doug Scarborough Fisher at Masters Ghostbusters. Just wanted to wish you guys a happy 200th podcast. That is amazing. It's great to have been along on the ride here with you guys. Uh, I did get to the podcast a little bit late, but I've been listening, you know, steadily for the last two years, and it's one of those great podcasts I always listen to every week. Uh, my favorite bits, uh, well, I love you guys. The favorite bit uh, usually winds up being when you're able to uh, have an interview with somebody like Robin Shelby or uh, Eric Burnham or something like that. Um, it's always a little bit of extra sweetness being able to hear from folks, you know, other folks involved in the community and stuff. Uh, and just keep up the good work, guys. Freaking awesome. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, CrossRip, you beautiful nerds, you. Uh, this is Joe from the Atlanta Ghostbusters. Looking forward to probably run into you guys uh, once, once June comes around. I don't know how many of us are going to be crammed onto that movie studio, but... I'm easy to find. I'm six foot four. Probably be wearing a Ghostbuster fall cap. Maybe some ecto goggles. I'll wave. Uh, anyway, wanted to wish you guys a happy 200th episode. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I've been listening to you guys since the very beginning. I think maybe there was like two or three episodes out maximum when I first started tuning in, uh, and I've not let it lapse too bad the whole the whole way through. So you guys are doing a great job. Uh, certainly. Uh, meet my, uh, my moderate standards. And, uh, a bunch of us all really enjoy hearing you guys, you know, every, every new episode. So keep up the good work. I'll see you on the other side. Hello, interdimensional crossrip listeners and hosts, Troy and Chris. This is Taylor calling once again from Vancouver, wishing you all the best on your 200th episode of this amazing podcast. You guys have brought so much Ghostbuster joy to the world, to us, the fans. We love it. Keep up the great work, guys. We absolutely enjoy it. And that's it for my Dan Aykroyd impression. Well, it's not really a good Dan Aykroyd impression. Anyways, guys, thanks very much. Taylor from Vancouver just saying you guys are great. Keep up the great work, and I'll keep correcting Chris on the wrong movies filmed in and around the Alberta area. Keep it up, guys. Catch you in another 200. Aloha from Hawaii. Congratulations on 200 uh, podcasts. I've been enjoying your show for a couple, God, gotta be six months, if not more. And uh, I have a question, I demand an answer to. I've two name badges for Ghostbusters 2 uniforms within a week of each other. One has a red outline and one does not, which is correct. 
I look forward to hearing your answer on the air. Take it easy. Hey guys, Derek calling from the uh, Michigan Ghostbusters. Just wanted to say uh, congratulations on reaching 200 episodes. Keep up the good work. Hello? Is... Can you guys hear me? Testing. Test, test. Testing. Um, so here's the deal. This is Yes Have Some Podcast. We're in a closet, basically. We're in California. It's very small. It's, yeah. The door's closed. It's not the VIP treatment. No, no, no. This is not class 10. We thought... Here's the situation. We thought we were going to be recording the Ghostbusters commentary for the new Blu-ray. And basically, we haven't seen anybody for three hours. Yeah, we came all the way out here. And we've been talking and watching this, but I... I don't know if if they're recording it or if they can if they know we're here here's, or this is going to be used. Here's my I first. Think there's a conspiracy happening. Yeah, I had a lot of good thoughts that no one's going to hear. I noticed something was wrong when so there's a little kind of crack through the door in the room next to us. I see Chris and Troy from the Interdimensional Crossrip podcast. I see okay. Eric Reich from Ghost Corps and a few other people, mm-hmm. and they're literally watching Ghostbusters and like, without. Yeah, but they're, like, wait, they're watching it right now. Yeah, but like every twenty minutes, Eric turns around and like looks to where Don't we are. Don't they know we're not there? Is nobody worried that the Yes Have Some podcast is not sitting What's beside that? them? I. What is happening? Um, we wanted to do the commentary because that's why we came out here. And we just started streaming like a bootlegged version of Ghostbusters on my iPhone 4. Yeah. And it's not going, it keeps stopping. But we're just going to keep. But I'm recording it on my phone, so hopefully we can get this to everyone and you can enjoy it. it. Gotta get this to It'll be on our Patreon. Yeah. So here's the thing we're just going to keep going with it from here, and they'll probably use it. There's. We're gonna sell. Like, why wouldn't they use exactly? Okay. Why wouldn't they? It's good. So, anyways, um, here we go. Okay. So this Vankman, it's funny because he's wearing an orange jacket. Uh huh. And he's spinning, and it's kind of like the guy on the roller skates. Oh. He's like kind of making fun of that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. You know what? I've never caught that before. One of my favorite scenes. And also, as a kid, you don't pay attention to that. Yeah. I wonder what the temperature of the water is in those fountains. Ooh. I mean, I imagine what time of year is this? I I just wonder what I just wonder what notes he's playing on the piano in Dana's apartment. Oh yeah. Oh, we're back on that scene. I don't think that this stream of Ghostbusters is in order. Is that a is that like a composition that Peter Venkman is like working on? Yeah, I think he worked on that. Is he a pianist as well? What's funny is that uh Dana's a professional musician. He comes in all willy-nilly. <laughs> Beautiful I, cellist. I think uh, he's showing off what he could do with his fingers more than his oh musicianship. Wow. <laughs> all right. Ooh. Happy 200th, Chris and Troy. Happy 200. Congratulations, guys. Yep. Yeah. Can't wait to hear the commentary. Have fun with that. Love you. Bye. Can't Need wait to it. see you guys soon. Bye. <laughs> Hey, Chris and Troy, congratulations on your 200th episode of the Cross Rip podcast. I uh, appreciate all the support that you guys have given us over the years and can't wait to see you and meet everyone at the Fan Fest this summer. Thanks.
Let's do this. I'll do it. You guys are the coolest. You're the best. You guys are so awesome. I wish you guys were here. I shake your hand. I don't know so much. why I'm making Eric sound like Dave Coulier right now. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, First, we shake your left hand, and then we shake your right hand, and then we shake both hands at the same time. It'd be very weird. But I wish you guys were here because you're the coolest. This is not what Eric sounds like. At all. No, no. Uh, Eric Reich, I mean, I will continue saying can it as meant. Can, can you? <laughs> Can you tell which one of us is caffeinated? That would be me. I wonder who it is. Yeah, Eric Eric is... <laughs> yeah. We are so lucky to have Eric fighting in our corner for us as fans. Um, I have a feeling that on a day-to-day yeah. basis, uh, fans take for granted that we have someone like him that is not only uh, in charge of all of the licensing and uh, all the branding and all the stuff, the toys that we end up getting, but um, somebody who's vouching for us uh, creatively and, and, and all yeah. the things that are happening. So we, we love Eric. And, and uh, there for us. The thing I learned recently is, like, I, you know, interact with him infrequently, like occasionally, uh, like when the press release for the, the disc came out. Eric was very, very good about helping us get yeah. that info so we could record it into our episode, you know, to be in, you know, at least it'll be there for the, the couple of days after the announcement went out. Um, a couple of times I emailed him over the years about, is this a thing? Like, uh, he was one of the people I reached out to about the, the, the tagline and he was like, no, that's a added. Yeah. stuff like that. And then I, more and more recently, I'm talking to other fans and they say things like, yeah, I emailed Eric and he told me, and I realized, oh my God, we are bombarding yeah, Eric. Poor Eric is getting like, it I'm from like, oh, a thousand different people. Yeah. But he's okay with it and he does it. Like, that's the crazy part is that he has never, ever said, please stop emailing me. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? And oh, he should. Never, he has so many more movie. important things to do <laughs> than answer my stupid questions. He's. Yeah. He's never done a, done a, a walking golden ticket up. You can email me once a year, and that's it. Like he's never limited. It. But it's quite clear that over the years he's reached you know a similar way. I'm sure like with the uh, the premiere and the trailer event and all this sort of thing, he's reached out to hundreds of fans, and by extension, they now know how to email him, and he he does it. Yeah, uh, he actually like sends literally. Uh, he replies to everything. He's never not replied to me about that. And I'm like, he's doing that for everybody. Oh my God. Like, yeah, he kind of de facto ended up being that. I mean, cause that's, that's what I was about to say was that I don't think people understand that for the longest time, it's not this way now. Um, but when you would send a direct message to ghost core or on the ghostbusters, Facebook page or, uh, it, it, that was Eric. Like that was, that was him. So all of the people yeah. that were getting responses from him or, or, or thinking that they were messaging ghost core and, and it was this big, you know, autonomous unit with 5,000 people behind it. It was, it was Eric answering all of those individual questions and, yeah. and looking at all the photos that people were sending and, and all of this stuff. And, and he, as I understand is still doing that to a certain extent, but he's only one person and he's got a ton of stuff going on. And so that's, uh, I, I feel stuff. for him. Um, cause we're, we're fans, but we're high maintenance. That, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say if I, if I could steal a memory, of and then it won't be like my, my, my third one really but uh it's it's meeting eric it's your two and a half it's my two and a half i think you know getting to meet and become friends with eric uh and 
and just getting to know that there is this this advocate for us uh, with the property that we love. Um, that's that's been yeah. that's been kind of one of the joys, especially since you know the last three years, twenty sixteen, getting to know him and and uh, and and just know because no other pro- I can't think of any other property that has that one person who is the the branch that extends from the studio or the production entity uh, to the fans. Uh, Lucasfilm has yeah. their social media people and, and, and the story team and all of these things, but there's not that one, like, I guess they had Mary Franklin for the longest time at Lucasfilm. Uh, and she, she left a long time ago, but yeah. So Eric, he's a good dude. Don't, don't take him for granted. Uh, so, so at any rate, and, and the reason I bring this up because not only because Eric was kind enough to send us that, uh, that lovely message, but, um, because one of my favorite memories, and I think this is probably a shared one cause I mentioned it earlier is, uh, we went to that Ghostbusters mm. VR event, uh, where they had a bunch of fans test out the, the new virtual reality, uh, headset for the PlayStation four. Um, and, uh, the surprise when they took off their headset was that Dan Aykroyd was standing in front of them. Uh, and it was, it was such a fun moment. Um, but, but us selfishly, we got to talk to Dan, uh, probably for a good, like 15, 20 minutes while he sat on the Ecto's hood and yep. told us about the, the past and the future. And we also got to talk to Ivan again for uh, at least yeah. a good 15, 20 minutes for that, that episode as well. And yeah, we sat, we sat down in the ghost core, uh, um, conference room and chatted with him. The urge to jump up and hug him was like, <laughs> incredible. I don't know. You seem very calm, but I was just twitching. Like, that man needed a hug, and I really wanted to give him one. The 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 campaign has begun, Chris. I don't I don't think you understand what you have started here. The amount of people that are now like, I'm going to see Ivan. I'm going to give him a hug because the crossroad told me to give Ivan a hug. Very pleased to be joined on the crossroad here by Mr. Dan Aykroyd himself. Thank you, sir, for being here and talking with us here on the crossroad. Well, sure. Uh, so. 30 plus years, you know, after you guys go to Martha's Vineyard, you're working on the script for the original film. Here we are in front of Hook and Ladder 8. You're sitting on the hood of the caddy. It's still going strong. What do you think it is about this property that that keeps you excited, that keeps fans excited? It, it, it really is. It really is the followers, the fans, the people that embraced it and made it their own. We created it, originated it, and then gave it into the... Uh, into the atmosphere, and then people brought it back to Earth and made it their own. And I think that's that's it's it's something that people can really own. They can build a pack. They can get a car. They can they can play with their children. And God knows we we uh, we don't play with our children enough. It truly creates kind of a, a really a, a wide breadth of uh, of entertainment uh, and fun experience. You know, from uh, from all different media now, as we're seeing with the VR and the games we've had before, uh, three movies now, and uh, the hit song and. Uh, the um, the uh, toys uh, have uh, have really been uh, a tribute to uh, uh, how much the fans have been have embraced it, and it's really because the people made it their own. Yeah. I mean, you're you're sitting here, you're, you're looking at a fan group that's dressed up as Ghostbusters. I, I, you're wearing the Louisiana Ghostbusters shirt. I know how hard they work, the fans, yeah. uh, building the packs and uh, and making metic- making the the uh, making the jumpsuits and uh, and all the equipment meticulous. Uh, and representing us uh, in every community that they are across the uh, the country and across the world, they they re- they represent us uh, really really well, and uh, so we're happy to have them here at headquarters today. Yeah. You know, it's their office, really. So Chris and I are curious. There. Well, I just keep thinking that you know, Ghostbusters is 
has got a lot of storytelling opportunity in it. And sure. we have a long way to go before, you know, we're going to see the end of that. And, you know, just the this whole sense that ghosts exist, that they're both scary and benign, that it's possible to catch, capture them and and hold on to them and communicate with them. And I don't know, it's it's something that has occupied mankind for centuries as a kind of concept. And uh, and apart from making like horror movies, this is a whole new way of doing it, doing the, talking about that relationship. And so I think that's possibly why it's been so successful. And also just the friendship, whether it was the, the four men in the first two movies or the four women in the last film, there is something about those relationships that is you know, very enjoyable to be part of. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's such a rarity with these Ghostbusters films. You can do a buddy comedy, but it's, it can be surprising because it breaks genres and it does all of these different things that, uh, it's so unique. It's such an, an yeah. interesting opportunity. I mean, that was the tough thing about the original film is that it was really a cross genre film that had never been done before and done sincerely, even though it's funny. Yeah. And, um, and I think that was part of a, and and operate at a scale that you were surprised at. Yeah, and it's third it's, memory. It's specifically uh, this is very very early on, but specifically that I got to share uh, episode, uh, interviews that I got to do prior to the podcast starting. Uh, they really didn't have a good home audio wise. Um, I recorded them, and uh, one was Rick Moranis, and it was about his new album, Agoraphobic Cowboy, was coming out. And that was like nice our second episode me. out of the gate, right? Or third, second or third. Yeah, I transcribed yeah. that. So something like that. I transcribed it uh, and shared it that way. But at the time, audio wasn't the easiest thing to share around, and I, uh, podcasts and all that wasn't really. So what I ended up doing was, um, I still I still had the tape, and you know we were getting going got a couple of these and we shared that. And then I guess a few weeks later, a few months later, uh, and then sadly a few months before he passed away, uh, I, we did the same with a phone interview I did with, uh, Michael C. Gross, Rick. I'm, I'm really glad I got to, I, uh, in general, what it is, is I'm really glad I got to share them because initially I wasn't, I really didn't have a way to share them. Yeah. So yeah. all of a sudden I had this thing where people could listen to it firsthand. You were less interested in dealing with, with, with the baggage that was going on. Are you just going to, it sounds like you're writing more stuff. Are you kind of, it seems like you're going to keep rolling on the music bandwagon for a while rather than worrying about, you know, um, being, you know, Rick Moranis with new listings in the Internet Movie Database sort of thing. Well, um, you're, you're, you're sort of right, but not quite right. No, I, I had, what I've said and, and what is the truth is that the reason that I, um, I took a break from filmmaking had to do with personal issues. I, you know, I was a single parent and I needed, I just needed to spend more time at home and discovered, um, within a couple of years that I didn't miss it at all. I really had grown very tired of the travel and the hotels and the whole process of, um, of movie and television production. Um, I, I'd kind of done everything that I'd wanted to do and wasn't looking to get back into it. Now, the, the delineation that, that you're alluding to with respect to um, the industry 
film industry at all. I mean, the film industry is just, you know, a means of of producing and marketing and distributing product. And you can do it at the low end or the high end, and you can do it with, you know, big-budget special effects movies, or you can do it with low-budget independent movies. For me, the delineation was the difference between the kind of work I was doing on SCTV or in the very early films like Ghost, the first Ghostbusters or Spaceballs, where I was writing all my stuff and having a great time. You know, that's that's what we did in those days on SCTV and even before that. All the stuff I did, I wrote. And once I became a commodity for hire and was asked to be in other people's movies, it was it stopped being about the creativity, about the writing, and it, and it's, and it became more about being uh, a marketable entity, what they, I guess what they call a star. Right. And... You know, hitting the mark and saying the lines and, and you know, doing the work that the, the script writers and executives and the director wanted the actor to do was, you know, perfectly acceptable as a, as a way to spend time and, and make a living, but it was not fulfilling creatively the way the earlier work had been. And um, I knew as I was taking a break from it that if I went back to it, I was not going to go back to it in that way. If I ever went back to it, I'd go back to it um, in a much more creative way. Right. And so through the years that I was at home and not shooting anything, I was doing some voiceover work to pay the rent, and I was um, you know, doing some writing for um, op-ed pieces and trying a couple of different forms with not a great... You know, not not really paying that much attention to finishing them, and then literally out of the blue, a couple of years ago, I just started writing these tunes. Now I had always written songs way, way, way back when, and and that's what felt good is that I was back plugged into something, producing something that that I had a hand in creating, as opposed to hitting the mark and saying the lines on somebody else's show. So you know, it wasn't the industry that I had problems with; it was my own decision to. Um, participate in it as a non-creative person. It's not unlikely. Adults. You know, we were pissed off. <laughs> and they said, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we watched the movie, and then these kids would all scream, first one being the library ghost, right. you know, whatever. And then when they ran out of the building, the kids all started laughing. And I realized... We all realized at that very moment, right there, we all realized, ah, they get, it's like when we watch the, you know, Avon Costello meet the werewolf or something. It's like, right. it's scary, then funny, and it releases the fear. So it doesn't really scare them. It scares them, but then it gets funny. <laughs> so, and we, you remember those movies that did that? You know, for me, there were B movies or something, but. You know, I don't know. They always the kind of happen. Now, solo meet somebody, or a, you know that 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 balance of, and then we realize, Jesus, we didn't know we we kids were like this, and that was the biggest surprise to us. That's the thing that we really didn't even think would be a possibility, and suddenly that's where the explosion came from. If you think about it. That's why it led to a TV show and all the rest, you know. But um, what a wonderful experience it was for us to go, whoa, we had a bigger market than we ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't seem it's going to let up anytime soon. I mean, 
every every successive wave of you know kids, every successive generation is hooked onto the movie, and then they've introduced their I work, kids. I, and, I, I worked with somebody on some project. Goes, you know, I have a love hate relationship with you, Michael, having never met you. I said, what's that? He said, my five year old son would not eat breakfast unless Ghostbusters were playing on the television. <laughs> so for a year, a year, a year, every morning, I had to put Ghostbusters on for him to eat breakfast. I hate you. <laughs> you know, since I'm not going to live much past a year or so, I'm trying to make this year of, of a of celebration of Ghostbusters where, you know, the more conventions, speeches, you know, screenings, I can show up and wave my arms and pretend I'm important. Uh, it's a good way. It's a good way to go. You know what I mean? That was then. This is now. I'm actually, I think, and by all definition, I'm a husband. Uh, it's I okay. So I, li- I can li- I can live with it. It's I understand right. that. I understand a functional part of it that, you, like the that you're talking about, but I. I don't think that's quite right. I don't think that's quite right. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a point where you've earned your spurs and you can't be called a has been. You 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 knocked it out of the park. Nobody calls a you know a, a a baseball star that you know is a home run king. Nobody goes well. He's a has been now because he made they made their mark. You know what I mean? That's a nice way to put it. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, sir. I, th- I think that kind of that ties to my third memory too. Um, if I can segue us, but I, I, we've talked to so many awesome people. Do it. Um, in in addition to those that you had already recorded, uh, you know, we've we've had our friends on. We've had, like I said, Sean Bishop, and we've had like Dan Amrick and Ernie Klein, and um, yep. we've we've had a lot of yep. of great interviewees, and we probably will have a whole lot more uh, to come. Uh, lots of franchisees. Um uh, Adriana, Solange, Briley. Um, yeah, we've done, and we had that uh, uh, Miller was, time with the the, the BC on, Ghostbusters. The, the BC guys, what's their names? Uh, Brian and Tad. <laughs> Can't remember their last names. They were good guys, though. I really liked them. I had yeah, them in a while. Ago. Yeah, they were fun. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I, I really, I, Brian's going to kill me. That's all I'm saying. Well, and, and what I really dug was, especially when we got Dan on again, it was in, in the midst of the, the answer, the call hype. And when we learned that Phil X was going to be, uh, doing something on the, the film and you and I were not musicians, uh, obviously, cause we don't have cool bands nope. and we're not on tour, but we got Dan <laughs> on the show and we were talking to him about guitar and, and, and he was mentioning how certain things meant certain things in music. And, um, and that led us into our yep. Alex Langley episode, which is still probably one of my standout favorites of, of all of the episodes we've done, because we really yeah. got to dig into the psychology of Ghostbusters, not just, you know, uh, why they are not afraid of ghosts and why they're uh, first responders that run toward the emergency at the end of uh, the first film. You know, they, they could as just as easily been yep. uh, trying to get off of the Island of Manhattan. Um, it, it just a, a fun episode with, with Alex, who is one of those people who is a, a geek like us, but at the same time is a, a, a doctor, a professional. And he, he loves dissecting these kinds of things. Um, and that, yeah, that really that was a fun episode. I, that again, that was when we set the bar high, and I couldn't really. I was like, "What well, now? What? What are we gonna do?" <laughs> you know, uh, superheroes, for example, is uh, 
that there's well, it's a lot. It, it's a lot to offer a kid. It's it's a a, a power when when you're young and quite honestly feel powerless a lot of the time uh there's ideals that are often hard to 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 you know the it's the hard path to be the hero but these guys make it look easy and reinforce that it's the right thing to do and all these sort of things what is it about four guys who got doctorates and decided to go fight ghosts without superpowers and because it did you know, impact a large number of people in roughly the same way, but there's something, I mean, they're kind of unique. They don't, don't have a special power other than, you know, they're, they're clever guys and, uh, you know, well, I don't know the, the, technically they're science heroes. So I guess we could go, why did granddad like, you know, doc Savage or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, well, even doc Savage was technically a superhero in his own way. So what is it about these guys that are just average Joes who we actually see run around screaming scared half the time? It's not yeah. really <laughs> Superman stuff. Right. Well, I mean, it, it is a very a human level of identification. We look at the Ghostbusters and we think that if we apply ourselves, at, you know, at least somewhat, we could be a Ghostbuster out there doing good, helping people. I mean, I don't know how the hell Peter Venkman made it through graduate school enough to get degrees in psychology and parapsychology. But Egon. Egon, that's it. Yep. Coattails. He stopped yeah. Egon from drilling a hole in his head. Egon helped him with his homework. They, they just had an exchange going. Um, but you know, we, we look at them and think that they got there through cleverness and sheer determination. Um, and it's, and it's the same reason that I think people are so fascinated by Batman. We look at Batman and think he's just a guy in a suit. You could take away the money. You could take away the great suit. He's still Batman because of his sheer determination to go out and help people. So I think that that element is what really appeals to people. The question, Troy, is can you and I write the academic article on the codependent relationship between the three Ghostbusters before <laughs> Alex does? <laughs> yeah, we'll race you to it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, all right. So let's let's do our last memories here. What? Uh, let's do that, and then we can get into our final thoughts. Uh, so, what's what's your memory number four? Um. Again, kind of a blanket, but it's there's a specific episode that represents more of a blanket number of episodes. It's every time we do th- dumb thought experiments. <laughs> every time we've debated, no, seriously, <laughs> every time we have debated how the 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 movie universes could be brought together, and this was prior to answer the call, during answer the call, after answer the call, um, the times where we talked about like. Uh, they're all dead in Ghostbusters 2. Like, we did a whole episode, basically, on just what if they were all dead. Um, <laughs> That's true. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, what if what if they died at the end of the in, first movie? We're a couple yeah. of dumb thought experiments. Like, nerd, this is, like, you and I joked that this is our nerd poker. Those were specifically nerd poker nights, where it wasn't about the news, it wasn't about, uh, you know, uh, reviewing the latest comic that came out or whatever. It was the... Ghostbusters equivalent of, you know, discussing who would win in a fight, Thor versus Superman. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, what about this? Or what, you know, every time, uh, for the love of Pete, just a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> we discussed the, the timeline of the movie based on a prop newspaper that talked about Princess Diana giving birth to triplets. Okay. <laughs> and we spent a that, half an hour. Was, dissecting yeah, that I really one. dug and that. And I love yeah. those. And like I said, the, the key, the biggest <laughs> one I think is, 
is yeah the one what if they were dead like the signs of what if they're dead in, in ghost but, but here's the thing you and i have even done it uh twice on air for the upcoming movie every time we get a new piece of information you and i have like at least spent 10 minutes modifying these vague plot ideas we had yeah i feel like we we have our own speculative versions of the new movie already formulated in our heads. I'm sure everybody else does too, yeah. but uh, yeah. Everybody does too. You and I are just having fun with it. I, I, and I think at the time we advocated to people, don't cling to these. They'll change and most likely won't be right. No. And in fact, I think, was it last episode where you were, because we were talking about something. Oh, maybe it was... Um, was it uh, McKenna Grace, uh, Grace McKenna, when, was she, it, casting oh, her, the, and we were talking about uh, yeah the lineage and the thing, and you were like, but but we've made all of that probably up, not, so it's it probably is. not. Um, and uh, all the way to, yeah. um, like I said, we did it twice on podcast, and you and I did it for a solid half an hour over pizza when we got together, uh, you know, a couple of months back, too. Like, just... Yep. Yeah, to to the point. You and I were sitting at a bar, and there was a dude that was right around the corner. that was like, "Hey, you guys talking about Ghostbusters? I love that movie, bro." The best part was he overheard us, and he was like, "And we're like, yeah, well, there's a new movie." He was like, "Is that what the new movie is?" It's like, "No, no, no. This is just nonsense." He and I are throwing around. This is not the new movie in any way, shape, or form. That's right. I forgot that he he thought what we were saying was like completely canon but we were trying to sort out uh because it was right after the the teaser trailer yeah, had come he, out, I he, think. he the best part was is that you and i kept talking and he came back five minutes later to like as i said it's on there if you just search for ghostbusters teaser trailer uh it'll pop up trust me sort of thing I, I, i'm not lying to you there's a new movie which again is he was also an interesting ind- indication that we sit there waiting for every crumb to drop and we just assume the world like we measure news dropping in minutes in the ghostbusters community like look at stuff like a news item go like you know, you know <laughs> jason reitman has shaved the ghostbusters logo to the back of his head and that goes out at 10 in the morning and then it's like ghostbusters news one hour later proton charging <laughs> one minute 10 seconds like we're just it's a rush <laughs> it's a rush to get it up there sort of thing meanwhile this guy somehow managed to get through three months and hadn't heard a a word about the new movie so didn't know uh, no idea but the the best part was is you know we went out and he specifically came back five minutes later he's like man i saw the trailer looks pretty good can't wait to see it i'm like all right man thanks crazy stranger (laughs) fan friends we add one more to the cause yeah exactly uh, but that's that's yeah. yeah i feel like that again all those things are are because of the podcast i feel like because you and i would not have ordinarily been sitting having a piece no. of pizza in los angeles uh randomly on a tuesday yeah. and that guy i think with the the discussion stuff we would have checked because i'm having these chats more and more now offline no they're not offline they are online they're just not on air uh, the number of times you've done it too. The number of times we've ended up talking to to John Yukeva. The number of times we've ended up talking to Craig uh, Goldberg, uh, Ryan Dole. Sorry, Brian Duell. Um, <laughs> pause for pause for effect. Brian <laughs> Duell. Um, pause for effect. The number of times we have these chats where we just bandy <laughs> around. Yeah, but what about this? And people put forth their theory and people listen and you're like yeah that's great except you forgot this one little detail that i will now spin into gold it's fun to like 
just let the imagination run with the stuff we might get. It's when people cling to it a little too hard that, you know, it's always fun until somebody loses well, yeah. Perspective. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I t- like the perspective of things. I think that's a good segue into my final uh, memory here is um, perspective and a litmus test and having something that you can gauge things upon. Um, about the time that Answer the Call came out, uh, you had uh, coined a phrase, uh, Chris, that has become sort of <laughs> oh, synonymous <has> <laughs> with the podcast. And... Uh, and at some point still we need to create the t-shirt. Um, but you, <laughs> you, you had this wonderful gauge of, is it better than Highlander two? Yes. That, that was your, like, if, if, if this movie is better than Highlander two, then therefore I will enjoy it. Uh, and it could be a whole lot worse because look at Highlander two. What a terrible flaming piece that was. Uh, and I, I, I have come up with that in my daily life. Like, well, was today better than Highlander two? Yeah, I guess it was, it was better than Highlander two. So it wasn't that bad of a day. Uh, and, uh, that, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a, uh, full episode. Uh, we did, we did kind of dedicate a whole like 20 minute segment to it because it was just sort of a wonderful revelation when it did come up. But, uh, that, that's my, that's my standard now. Is it better than Highlander 2? That's yeah. that's where... Uh, well, and I think it came from the Is It Ghostbusters 2, the British comedian who would call into the radio shows. I think that's where we that's had where made, we made that the segue, segue from. But, it's been a personal um, philosophy of mine for a minute, yeah. well, since Highlander 2 came out and I saw it in theaters, frankly. So I guess what I'm saying... Yeah, if 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 you are disappointed with the quality of this 200th episode because it was thrown together very quickly and haphazardly please judge it based upon the highlander two scale that's what i'm asking you to do here don't wait another minute pick up your phone and call the professionals go go stoppers i'm sorry we'll do it again we want to hear from you leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742 that's 4702-GBHQIC we also have a facebook page and twitter accounts print is dead no kidding just give me the address Search Facebook for Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. So what you got for the 200th final thought here, Chris? Um, the 200th final thought. Uh, this one is uh, a fun one. This one actually... Uh, actually, okay. Oh, shoot. I feel like sometimes the final thought's turning into like the community corner. Um, a, a quick uh, shout out uh, in June. Uh, uh, Eric of the uh, the Hawaiian Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters uh, Hawaiian division. Uh, there's a Kauai is having its first comic convention. He's got a table there. And because it's around, because it's around uh, FanFest and all that, and uh, for, uh, I, I don't know where other Ghostbusters are on the islands. Maybe it's harder to hop around on the islands than I think it is. But he's like, if there's anybody that's a fan that's going to be in and around that or coming to the, the thing, he's like, come by and say hi. And if you want to, <clears throat> yeah, if you ever wanted to join, 
uh, a franchise, that might be a good time. He will immediately conscript you into helping me on the table, but uh, I don't know. Maybe if he's got a table, he might have free passes. So I can't swear to that. He didn't say he had passes, but I'm just throwing it in. You know what? His friendship is all you need, but you might get a pass out of it too. Um, but the other one was um, uh, oh, the gentleman's name. He's. Um, worked on the movie and I, uh, I forgot his name now dang it uh, but there was a post that came out that he's going to some uh, convention e- event in the UK in a few months time here and I was immediately contacted by a, a couple of people in uh, fans in the UK that have started a new group called the containment unit and basically what it amounts to is uh, especially in Europe, a lot of uh, people, uh, like notables and VIPs and guests and stars and actors and all that, go to these various events. But it's rare. Or like David Aykroyd, when he went, he just went to like London. It's not like he went to a bunch. Ernie goes over to like maybe one or two a year and all that. And it's not like it's easy for somebody yeah. like the German fans to like jump over to London and vice versa. And if they ever sort out Brexit, even harder. But anyways. Um, the whole idea was he. They, what they put together was just like, well, uh, a, we want to uh, kind of help a, a group that can help inform people because the containment unit is all about uh, signatures, autographs, uh, and they notice people getting ripped off here um, all the time. So they wanted to start one where they could help people authenticate and, and uh, their stuff. Uh, but conversely, it looks like uh, I only was only talking to them about this today, so I'm, I'm hoping I'll get more details, and I'm hoping I'm getting what I'm talking about correct, but it also sounds like what they're going to put together is if you can't make it to an event, you can send off what they call pre-orders. Like, basically, you can pay, you can send your whatever it is, 30 bucks for an autograph by so-and-so, send the money to uh, somebody there who will, you know, basically get it for you sort of thing. Um, I hope I got that part right. But anyways, uh, find out more. Just Facebook search for the containment unit. So that one's... Yeah. Um, But my final thought is, and this goes back to cool music, uh, uh, DJ BC, he's done a bunch of, like, Ghostbusters hip-hop. If you search on on YouTube for DJ BC, you know, they've done some, uh, some cool tracks, and he's done some music... Uh, here and there I don't have any well it's a podcast I can't give any links anyways but uh, he sent me he's like have you seen this because they contacted me They this group called uh, the Bad Man Scenies. Uh they do uh, mashups and like hip hop turntablism you know like engineering uh, mix up, mixes and all that and they made a mixtape called Ill Murray and it is Every like there's, there's Razor's Edge samples <laughs> in here, okay? Like audio samples of Bill Murray. There's a, all oh, the tracks man. are corkers. There's a, but what I thought was is a everybody should go to illmurray.com and listen to this thing. Uh, they just threw it out there. Uh, you know, you, you, I think there might be a place to donate. I'm not 100 percent sure, but like a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, these mixtapes and all that, they're just there for you to grab and trade and that sort of thing. I would grab it. Uh, I know this one's turned into a uh, a commute listener for me. Um, nice. I'm down. Yeah, anything that's a commute listener at this point. Yeah. So, uh, final thought. It's not really a thought. So, oh, well, it is a thought, which is uh, go to illmurray.com and grab this because uh, it's really fantastic. But uh, if we want to round out with a little bit of class here, thanks to BJBC, because I we can uh, we'll play one of them. And the, this one is feel so funky. 
which I, I'm glad they did because it's something that ever since I saw the, the, the original movie, I always thought would be great. No, I, that's a lie. Not ever since I saw it. I was 11. I wasn't really. But let's <laughs> say but by the time I got to like 17 <laughs> or 18 and I was listening to a lot of like uh, techno and hip hop and stuff like that, I was like, that line of him, go, uh, uh, the line, can you move? And the response, I feel so funky. If they weren't incorporated into some sort of dance song, they, sh- they should be. Uh, and obviously these guys have kind of had a similar thought. But th- the funny part is, is I mean, this is uh, a mashup, a hip-hop mashup sort of thing. It samples uh, the Spinners, the rubber band man. So it's got that one bass up, dunk, 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 yeah. dunk, dunk, yeah. dunk, 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 dunk. Let's put it this way. You kids all know what it is because it was in uh, uh, Infinity War. Uh, but anyways, it's that and a lot of a lot of Bill Murray saying things like "you got to stay hydrated" and all that. Like it's just the whole thing is that. Like the funny part is, at times they use him musically, and other times it feels a lot like you're at a, at, a, at a, a like a music listening party, and Bill Murray has just wandered in and dropped some sort of weird non sequitur. So uh, yeah, so this is uh, feels so funky. And uh, back to you, Troy. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll we'll play that uh, here at the end uh, as as a little bit of a celebration here for our two hundredth episode. Uh, so uh, thank thank you to all of you, uh, especially those of you who have been here since episode one. We we do know that you are out there, and we thank you for being loyal listeners. We welcome everybody that is new to the podcast, uh, especially with the new movie coming up. We hope that we're going to entertain you for at least another hundred or two hundred more from this point forward. So uh, welcome to the ride. Uh, So for the 200th time, everybody, we'll see you all on the other side. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Attention, all campers. Uh, It's now 9.30, and that's lights out time. 9.30, as you know. Tomorrow is Parents' Day, and you must look rested, or Morty will be sent to the state penitentiary. like to torture him. I hate this. You're up all night and you run out. You still gotta keep going. Am I right? I'm all out. I got nothing. Has anyone got anything left? Buy a valley if you Second Hell's It's Dr. Bankman. Feels so funky. Feels so funky. It's Dr. Bankman. Feels so funky. That's right, boys. It's Dr. Bankman. Feels so funky. Feels so funky. It's Dr. Bankman. Feels so funky. Stay at the party, you gotta hydrate. There's gotta be bad.
Thank you. 